Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we revisit pop culture from our youth to see if it's still as good all grown up. I'm Carrie Gail O'Regan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Jordan Poland-Clark. Hi! And today, our guest is Cage Club Podcast Network co-founder and host of Entirely Too Many Podcasts to Name, Joey Lewandowski. Can I submit my credential as ICE expert for Wistful Thinking? Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. We sure. got figure skating, we got Why hockey, not? we got icebergs. Yes, recurring guest. I do think Joey. you're going to have to recurring prove guest. your iceberg smarts, though, today. Oh, I don't have yeah. iceberg smarts. I can tell you that much. I'm just <laughs> on episodes about ice. I was also thinking, I was like, how does Casper fit into this? Then I got real sad when I thought of the one scene where he's trying to cuddle with Christina Ricci, and she says, Casper, close the window. It's cold in here. Yeah. Also, didn't he die because he like fell through some ice, and that's how he became Oh, wow. Ghost? Yep. So there you go. Ice expert. Wistful thinking ice, ice expert. expert. And recurring guest, Joey Lewandowski. Hello, hello. And today, thank you, <laughs> today we'll be talking about the 1997 box office juggernaut. Good word. Titanic. Thank you. Uh, written and directed by James Cameron. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet and like a bunch of other people. And uh, in it, a 17-year-old aristocrat, played by Kate Winslet, falls in love with a kind but pure poor i almost said pure wrong word kind but poor artist aboard the luxurious ill-fated rms titanic you want to know what rms stands for what royal mail ship first boat fact of the episode this is just the f- we're just getting started on boat facts m-a-l-e you guys. This- or m-a-i-l m-a-i-l okay, as good. in okay, like, things that you mail um because these boats that went across the ocean that carried people were more importantly carrying a lot of cargo. And in many cases, there were these private ship lines contracted by the British government, by the American government that would carry mail back and forth or other such shipping cargo. So fun boat fact. This is this may or may not be a backdoor pilot for my below my uh, the the boat pod podcast wow <laughs> we're getting off to a great start boat podcast of my dreams boat when, cast. You, when you when you told boat me cast. about Boatcast, which is now what it's named yep um i did google other boat movies and mm-hmm. wasn't oh, super so i wasn't super pumped about most of them though are you kidding do me do you feel different than uh, me? poseidon adventure captain ron speed water two. world which one? Speed 2. Speed 2. Of course, yes. There's so many great boat boat movies. To you got Life of Pi. But... He's in a boat the entire movie. That is a good boat movie. Oh, I didn't know that. You I got All is that. Lost, where Robert Redford is alone on screen in a boat the entire movie. Yes, please. You got that Wait, new movie. Wait, Old Redford or Young Redford? Oh, or like it's Old between. Redford. This just came out like three years mm, ago. Maybe not. You okay. got that new Shailene Woodley movie where she navigates a boat through the waters This coming out this summer in theaters. Okay. What I was other, not aware of that what one. What other boat but... movies are there? Oh, you got The Perfect Storm. That's a boat movie. Oh, the internet. The first one the internet lists is Jaws, which I guess no, is okay. kind of a boat, boat movie. movie. One of my favorites. Master and Commander. The you Perfect got Titanic. Storm. 
Titanic, of course. Uh, I feel like Hunt for Red October. Is that what that's called? Is that one about a submarine? It's a submarine, a boat? Yes. Mm, okay. Sure. It's a submersible boat, which now that I'm thinking about it, may not be a boat, right? Because a boat would float <laughs> in the water. We've gotten very far off topic here. Um, so let's let's reel it in. Get it? Like fishing? Ooh, fish okay. cast. Fish cast. Wow. Okay. So where do we even start with this? I mean, it's three different movies in one captivating three-hour cinematic experience. What are the three movies? I can think think of of two. two. (laughs) Well, so there's there's the main movie, right? Which is really two different movies. The first part is this love story. Oh, I can think of three movies now. An aristocrat who is being sold to another wealthy family <laughs> to ensure the wealth of her own family yes. uh, between her and this ragtag artist. And then uh, there's the second movie, which is a uh, rollicking disaster film. Yes. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. What's the third and one? And then the third Modern movie Day. is the kind of oh, the yeah. narrative around it all. Mm-hmm. Because okay. you have... This treasure hunting guy played by Bill Paxton. Oh my God. Don't let me forget to tell you about the three Titanic documentaries that I watched yesterday. But. I thought you were going to say you have Pax Facts. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I do not have Pax Facts. But Sorry. He was in one of the documentaries that I watched. But anyway, okay. he plays this treasure hunter. He's, he's looking for this old lost diamond that he assumes went down with the Titanic. And uh, yeah. There's the old lady who used to be Ro- who is Rose. Used to be. <laughs> <laughs> she used to be, but she still is. But she still is Rose Dawson now, though. So those are the three movies, and somehow it all fits together perfectly and works just so well. It's wonderful. If this, mm-hmm. I up until last year, I hadn't seen this movie since theaters, and then for the film club that I run with my Zack Attack. Magic Mike's boyfriend material, Too Fast You Ever co-host, Joe Two. He and I run a film club, and we did a water-themed month, which was a very loose, sort of terrible theme. But in that month, we did this movie and Waterworld, two boat movies, boat facts. And I watched it again last year, and I was like, this movie is so good. And then I watched mm-hmm. it again today. And I just, it's very, like, there's, there's a point where I, I checked the time, and I was like, oh, I still have two hours and two minutes left in this movie, and also I don't care. Like, it's, I, like, I'm, I'm embracing the fact that it's basically the length of two movies. Yeah. Well, because it's so, like, it creates such, like, a rich environment that you can just, like, live inside of, which is so beautiful. The production design and the costumes, it's all just, like, really transports you. It's like you're on the boat. It's really nice to look at. Like... Mm-hmm. It's like Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio are so beautiful. Like they sure there are. are not two more beautiful people whose faces I would. Sw- there are, there are. That's not true. <laughs> 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 um, but like when she first appears and she's got that hat on Ugh. and her skin, Ugh. my favorite costume oh, in the whole it's movie. It's my favorite too. And her skin yeah. is like the most perfect thing I've ever seen in my life. Like I just want to look at her forever. And then him yeah, too. This was like prime Leonardo DiCaprio, like, like because it was like this, and then Romeo and Juliet, and then the beach. He was very wet for these Romeo two years, and, <laughs> <laughs> and he was beautiful True. the whole time. 
Yeah, that's a really special talent to look attractive while wet. Oh my god, he looks better when he's wet. Yeah. Well, because he had that, like, 90s hair that, like, drips down into his face. Whatever. Um. (laughs) Well, so when you say her skin is the most beautiful thing in the world, it actually leads to one of my favorite lines in the movie, I think. Uh, He is, when when she's about to jump over, this is probably, like, an hour into the movie. She's about to jump over the boat. Like, she has been offended. She hates her life. She doesn't like what she's, like, she basically doesn't like that she's about to be sold, especially to Billy Zane, who's terrible. And she goes, but he's and, also attractive. Like even he's also <laughs> beautiful. Guy. But his eyebrows—I had a really hard time with his eyebrows. <laughs> you know, you guys have—you tr- really have taught me a lot about eyebrows. I still don't notice eyebrows on men, though. Because oh. I, hmm. I, maybe I should. Maybe I should start looking at everybody's eyebrows. His yeah. eyebrows in this but were like equal opportunity eyebrow gaze. Sure. They were like his eyebrows in this were like too groomed. Like oh. they looked like lady I'm eyebrows. I'm it right now. If you got a picture, send me the picture so I can take a look at his. I could just Google it, but I'm going to tell the story while you Google. So, Kate Winslet's running across the dock. She's about to jump off the boat. Leo is laying on the bench looking up at the stars. And I was like, why is Neil deGrasse Tyson's voice in my head saying the stars are wrong? (laughs) I had the same thing the whole time. I was like, oh man, Neil deGrasse Tyson really ruining it for me, but he's there in my brain while watching this. And so Leo's looking at the stars, goes over to her, eventually saves her, is sort of arrested, whatever. But while he's saving her, he's taking off his clothes and he's saying, you know, I'm really going to hate jumping in after you because I've gone ice fishing and I've had, I've fallen in the ice and like, it's really cold. And she's saying, you know, you're going to die. He's like, yeah, I'm really not looking forward to this. And he starts to explain ice fishing and she says, I know what ice fishing is. And I like that she was already sort of like, you know, kicking back. Like she's like, Leah was basically mansplaining ice fishing to her. And she's saying like, I'm not an idiot. I know what it is. But then he says what my, my, my what might be my favorite line in the movie you just seemed like an indoor girl, which is like the nicest way of saying like, oh, you're very fancy. And I don't think you've ever seen the outside. And I just, okay. I, I don't remember if I, if I ever heard that line before, but like I laughed out loud. I was just like, that's such a weird caught me off guard line. And I just loved it. I, there was like, I also had like a bunch of moments when I laughed watching this where mm-hmm. I like never laughed This was a lot before. funnier than I remember. Because yeah. they're really yeah. punchy with each other and with the people around them. And I don't remember ever noticing that before. Yeah. Even as he's freezing to death, he's like, I'm going to write a very strong <laughs> letter. <laughs> it made me laugh. Like, and he knows that he's going to die. But he, uh, I don't know. I think I wrote it wrote down exactly what he said no i didn't oh, dude, but man, look, I at really the, look at those eyebrows laughed. they are yeah to an arch to right point. which suits his character it, sure. it does, he's yeah, like a very refined gentleman or is it like devilish and sort of evil and dastardly i think it works both, both? ways because yeah. he's the most evil uh, yeah, so he's not that bad he's just an asshole i i want to talk about this the time where she's threatening to jump off the boat because um, I, I was like looking, I was, I was trying to watch this critically, like we watch everything, um, and found it to be like pretty strong for the ladies because Rose is such a strong character. Um, mm-hmm. and also it was like devastatingly sad and we can talk about that a little more later. Like a line in this movie made me just like lose my shit and that never happened before. 
Um, but so I went to the internet and I tried to look for some like feminist critique of this movie. And, and there is none because there's none to be had. No, it's a perfect film. No. So here we go. <laughs> so, so I don't know how I feel about it. Could find, I could find one person shitting on it. And it's like everything about this makes me want to groan. It's from Vice. Um, it's like a 20-year-old watching it who thinks they're really smart who's never watched it before and maybe they are really smart you know what they didn't tell me anything about this person who watched it except for that they were a young millennial who's never seen this movie before um but so i don't necessarily disagree with some of the things that they pointed out so i want to read some of it to you guys and go for it what you think so this is what this person says about the suicide scene or the attempted suicide scene They've never talked, but he proceeds to pull maybe one of the worst suicide prevention steps anyone could ever think of. He plays chicken with her. Because it's a romantic movie, it works perfectly, and because he's so charming, he gets an invite to one one of Rose's family's swanky dinners. It's pretty atrocious to show a flimsy, fleshed-out, near-suicide attempt as a romantic catalyst, and once our lovers have met, Rose's recovery isn't exactly a point of focus. So, like, I don't disagree with that. No, that's accurate. Um, You know, in like 1912, though, robust mental health services and like how we're supposed to deal with these things, like we're not a thing. No. So it's, you know, applying this 21st century lens to a situation that may or may not have happened. Who knows? Obviously, this isn't exact. It's kind of based on a true story. They're not real people, though. Like, this is like, it's a fictitious story yeah. with these characters there's actually two suicide scenes in this movie well one attempted and one completed um, oh yeah that's the right. one that you just talked about and then later in the film uh like the first mate of the ship uh as it's sinking um he kind of um it's dealing with all of this like guilt about things that he should have done and whatever He's, he um, realizes that he was a monster yeah, yeah. And, and that he was probably going to die anyway. And Right. Yeah. So he uh, proceeds to use a firearm to uh, die by suicide. I don't even know how to talk about this. Um, well, there's a... But anyway. I was like, the, there's, there's, there's the another Titanic suicide that's like alluded to that I completely forgot about is that Billy Zane's character kills himself years later after yeah. the you know the Great Depression after the stock market crash. Yeah, the stock yeah. market crash of nineteen twenty. Which I forgot about that. I, I I don't know, and maybe there's boat facts about this. I don't know how much of this movie is real and how much like I know that the actual boat hitting an iceberg and crashing like I know that was all real. Are like is Rose based on some like I know unsinkable Molly Brown is a real no. person. Mm-hmm. I don't think Rose and Jack are based on anybody. Okay. They found out no, afterwards that there was like a Jay Dawson on the ship, but like that had nothing to do with this character. Gotcha. I think so like Molly Brown's real. Um the I think the captain and all the people who built the ship, like they're all real. But I think that's And a it. lot of the like first class passengers were real, so there was like oh, we're, like time based on the on boat. People, yeah. There was an, yeah, John Jacob Astor died on the boat. Um, so one of the Titanic documentaries that I watched yesterday, uh, was like a revisiting 
James Cameron revisits it 20 years later to kind of tie up some loose ends questions that he had about like the physics of the boat sinking which was ridiculous um but he also was talking about like some regrets that he had about making the movie and talked to some descendants of people who were actually on the boat and one of the things that he said that he wished he had done differently was that that character that shoots himself was a real person and so he said that he wished that he had you know just like maybe still have that be a like a something that plays out during the boat sinking but not have it be with a real character because that person in real life didn't actually die that way and their family was very um oh yeah that's kind of messed up yeah i found that interesting um, they also like built these little scale models of the Titanic and tried sinking it to find out like exactly how it sank. And I was just like watching it like, I mean, James Cameron's a billionaire, like he can do whatever he wants with his money. But like, there's a lot of things in the world that are like terrible that I feel like he could probably waste his money on that instead of building these scale models of a movie that he made 20 years ago. But I digress. Because like, Why? Yeah, well, he was, he wasn't sure if the boat sank the way, because a lot of the film, uh, from the production design and the sets, to the costumes, to, um, like, so much of it, even, like, the, how the events played out were, were based on all of these documents and artifacts that they were able to cobble together, um, and so, like, a lot of it was as real as they could make it. Um, but I guess with the boat sinking, they weren't sure. Like, they know that it cracked in half and one part sank in one place and then the other part sank in another. And so what they weren't sure about is if, um, like, the, uh, what's the back of a ship called? the back of the ship i forget the word um they weren't sure if it like falls back down into the water the way that it does in the movie or if it like stayed upright is it the stern or the hull is that one of them yeah i don't know which is which stern because the bow is the front okay the stern is the back and then you have port and starboard and i can never remember which side that is oh there was there's there's a mnemonic there's there's a way to remember it and i don't remember the mnemonic so if I remember that, then I can remember that. But there's yeah. more boat facts. And then I'm the hull of the boat is like the bot, like the body of the boat. I think port so is like left. Oh, port has four okay. letters and left has four letters. Maybe that's it. Starboard is the right side of the mm. ship. Port is the left side of the ship. Yep. Port the has hull four is letters. the body of the ship. Okay. What is the, what is so, aft? I think it means in forward. or towards the back part of a ship or plane. Oh, a plane towards too. The back, forward, back, close. Hmm. I, I was on the right axis. Sure were. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so James Cameron was trying to not even prove this theory that he has because there's no way to definitively prove it because there's just like too many variables. But he was able to rule in the possibility <laughs> that uh, his banana theory, as he called banana peel theory i think as he calls it was true which is that like the boat breaks in half and like a little piece of the underneath kind of like connects the two and then pulls off the way that like a banana peel could like peel off i don't know it's very complicated 
It's some na- National Geographic special. I thought it was interesting. I could recommend it. Cool. Uh, yeah. I also want to recommend, I haven't watched, I didn't watch it for this, but there is a episode of Futurama where there's like a, an outer spaceship that is basically the Titanic. Oh, yeah. Um, the oldest living survivor of the Titanic was offended by it. I came across <laughs> that in my research. Uh, she was a baby on the boat. but A flight to remember. Can I, let's talk about the ship sinking part, because I have thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's long. It's like it's half, it's literally half long. the movie. Yeah, that's it. it that's I'm the like, disaster part of the movie. I actually didn't, okay, I, I like it. I think, so like the, the moment the water starts coming in, I felt like devastated because it's like so much water right away and it's just like relentless, you know, it's coming and coming and coming and whatever. And like I was in, I was like, yeah, this is exciting. I'm scared. I'm going to cry. Like, every time I watch this movie, I'm like, maybe the ship won't sink this time. Oh, no. <laughs> like, it's one of those. Well, that's part of the reason why it's, it's like, so effective that, like, you're, like, rooting for it to, like, work out differently yes. this time. Like, I'm like, maybe it, it won't hit the iceberg this time. And then, like, through the whole thing, I'm like, maybe this ship won't sink. Maybe he'll get on the door with her because we all know he fits on that door. He, yes. Okay. So he would fit on the door. <laughs> However, if both of them were on the door, it would cause it to, like, not sink, but, like, go too far beneath the water. And, like, when you're in cold water, it doesn't even have to be water that that's, that's that cold. It just has to be colder than your body temperature. When your body is submerged in water, it actually, like, pulls the heat out of your body so much faster. So her being, like, up and out of the water is, like, a much greater chance of survival than if they were both on there because they could have fit but they would have been partially submerged in water and then both of them would have died. That makes sense. And we all know mm-hmm. he also would have fit on that door and we're all upset that he only tried once. <laughs> Whatever. But maybe he knew and maybe he saved her maybe. by yeah, not maybe. doing I think, it. I think that's what... That's okay, true. wait. Okay, side note. I'm still not done talking about the ship sinking. <laughs> but... Oh, no, we're not either. <laughs> but, like, I, I, like, struggled with, like... Like, there are times in this movie where they let her be as smart as we all know she is. Because they establish her as a very smart person. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he's always still telling her what to do. And she's always listening to him. Like, she doesn't, like, she can't make her own choices. Not for the whole movie. But for enough of it that I think it's annoying. Like, well, when the boat is sinking. He's like, here's what you're going to do. As if he's done this before and she Listen, hasn't. There are two kinds of people in this world. Maybe three. People who are great in this in like a panic situation. <laughs> people who are terrible in a panic situation. And then the people who die first. I'm probably one of those that that last group. No, I am too. I'm I am too. I'm just saying I I found it annoying, like the times where he was like telling her what to do when it was like clearly stuff that like he also doesn't know anything about. Yeah. And then he Oh would like be when right. he's when he's telling her where to look for the key and stuff, he's like, Hey, look over there, look over here. Yeah, just all of it. Yeah. Well, so the only thing that I can think, and I agree that it's annoying because I was also bothered by that, especially like when when she's rescuing him and he's like, "Hey, let me rescue you, rescue me." Um, <laughs> the the only thing I can sort of def- and I don't really want to defend it, but like the only way I can sort of defend it is like she's obviously very smart, but he's got like the street smarts, and she very yeah, clearly yeah. does not. And yeah. not that he's ever been on a sinking boat where everybody's about to die. But I feel like he's been in a he's battle a for his life. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and she's never had to do anything for herself right. before. 
And she's constantly struggling against that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, when it comes down to it, she's going to have the tools and be ready to, you know, spring into action. Eventually she does. Um, Like when she breaks the glass and, like, pulls out the axe, you know, it's like before that she was kind of, like, paralyzed by what was going on. And once she, like, actually, no, it's when she punches the guy in the face, the, like, steward. (laughs) Uh, that she's trying to get yep. to help her, which I had been saying out loud previously about Billy Zane, like, punch him in the face, punch him in the face. And then I was like, oh, that's good enough. I wanted to see somebody get punched. I'm glad that they did. So I just wanted to see her punch someone. And I think like, that there's, out. there's also credit to be given to her. And I know this isn't really, this doesn't necessarily sound like credit, but I think it also goes back to Karis, three different types of people, that she is also really good at following instructions. And she's not just like freezing up. Mm-hmm. And that's not, yeah. you know, that's sort of like a weird kind of backhand compliment and me sort of justifying, you know, what sort of cheapens an otherwise pretty strong character. But I think that, you know, they could have gone a different way and like he could have had to save himself because she's not able to do it. But she's able to do right. it. She no, needs a little bit of a push. Yeah. And I actually wrote that down in my notes because like he, he, we kind of see him saving her for the whole movie, but then she literally saves his life by going back to axe his handcuffs. So mm-hmm. like, that was a big deal too yeah she did save him and like in a crisis situation you want people who can take direction like that's actually like a good skill to have as long as there's somebody who can give the direction correctly yeah (laughs) you know so so jordan about the boat sinking was the line that ruined you because it almost ruined me i did not cry during this movie but i almost (laughs) did when when rose just keeps saying come back come back come back was that the line Mm -hmm. no okay here's what happened to me so like we're with jack and rose the whole movie i'm devastated i'm crying her life is so sad i can't take it i'm very upset And then the ship starts sinking, and I am also devastated by that at first, but it's so long, and we also leave Jack and Rose for a bunch of it, and we, like, see all these other characters who we don't know, who, like, are just kind of, like, used to make us feel sad, I feel like, Um, and there's, like, an overload of that that I had a hard time with it was like really relentless and like I get it a ship sinking is really relentless like it actually doesn't stop there is no calm there is no but like as far as like pacing for the movie like I totally shut off emotionally and by the time Jack died I didn't care anymore like I wasn't even sad wow I mean also I've seen it before and like I knew that's what was gonna happen but like I I yeah like that it was too long for me like, yeah. It could have been th- the like reason... 30 less minutes. <laughs> well, the reason that they did that actually was because they wanted to like pay tribute to all of these human, like real people, real human lives that were lost. Um, because if you do just follow the two romantic leads through the movie, then it's just, it's just this, you know, movie, but they wanted, to, and that's part of the reason why they were so committed to making it so realistic was to really like, pay tribute to this like massive loss of human life that actually happened that day yeah and like some of it worked on me like obviously I cried when like the two old people laid in their bed together those were based on real people 
Yeah, and then, that entire montage because it's the two old people and holding kids. hands and waiting to die, and then the mother telling her kids oh a story. Yeah, so like obviously uh, I cried a lot during that part. No, 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 I'm not done. <laughs> what? Okay. The third thing, which was the thing that made me cry the hardest, was seeing the paintings floating in the water. <laughs> oh, speaking of <sighs> paintings, I messaged this to you on Facebook. But my least favorite line in the movie, and I feel like this is a trope of a lot of period pieces, just while we're talking about paintings, is that Billy Zane says, something Picasso, he won't amount to a thing. It's just like, well, like, come on. Like, we know that you're back yeah. in the old day. And then, again, a little bit later, somebody's like, Freud, who's he? Someone on the ship? And it's like, okay, like, we, like how many times do you need to say, like, oh, like, look at these contemporary references? That part was funny, the part, because she references Freud, because the guy is, like, obsessed with how big the ship is, so I, I wish I could remember exactly what she says. Does either one of yeah. you remember? No, I don't. She but says something people... about being obsessed with size, It's and it's, like, legitimately funny. Yeah. Um... It's a it's an obnoxious comment, but like people do say stuff like that, especially around uh, contemporary art and what was at that time very modern and very advanced. Um, like, cause I, like people always say that about contemporary art. They're like, oh, my kid could draw that. When it's like, no, actually, your kid probably couldn't. Uh, you know, there's like a lot that goes into art. People who don't understand art like to like very obnoxiously say like, ugh. So now, who as cares? someone who does know art, Kara, what do you think of Jack's drawings? I have so much to say about this. Okay, where do I start? First of all, charcoal, highly water-soluble. That drawing would not have survived. Kara <laughs> deGrasse Tyson, keep going. Also, wouldn't the, wouldn't the paper not even survive that long? Uh, it depends on what the paper was made out of and where it was stored. I, I'm not sure but yeah i think so because um like there's money in that safe too that's like half dissolved you know well, he like pulls out like anyway. goopy just like mess of stuff right like he's just yeah. and then there's just the drawing which is pristine it's like pristine <laughs> yep. which is absolutely <laughs> absurd um movie magic also also uh the right after they have sex in the car um which set us all up for a lifetime of bad car sex and <laughs> disappointment. That car um, sex doesn't even look whatever. No, but all you need is anyway. that handprint, the hand, the palm on the glass, yeah. and you're like, oh, that's it. Yep. It looks yep. like, it looks like, like, because they're cold. And so they look like they're hot and cold at the same time, which to me is like a horrible feeling. And so I struggle yeah, with that. Yeah, it's the fucking worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she like kisses his fingertips, which would be much dirtier than that. Like oh. charcoal is really hard to get off of your hands, even <laughs> after you wash them. Um, like it's like all in your underneath your fingernails and around your nail beds. It's like it's a whole thing. Uh, and I don't think that he spent that long washing his. Actually, hands. I have two questions for you. I have a question about that and a question about the previous thing we just said. What okay. percentage of the time on the boat? Do you think that people were a comfortable, well, not people, because I guess, you know, the richer people were maybe more, but like, were a comfortable temperature? Because it feels like most oh, of the movies, absolutely. they're all yeah. either They should be much colder than they are sweating. They look. Yeah. And then number two. Well, because they're in the North Atlantic, like in the middle of April. Like, that is a cold place. Very cold. And then number two, uh, how dirty do you think Leonardo DiCaprio, like, how dirty do you think Jack was? Like, oh, he probably didn't extremely shower. Extremely dirty. Like, really right? dirty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
but he never sure. he never looks dirty. He always looks no like young Leo, clean. Yeah, well, I find with per- uh, period pieces like they never make pe- people in places as dirty as they actually were. That was one of like the few things that I found inaccurate about the Nick, because um, even though they were like beginning to observe, you know, sterile right. uh, surgery stuff, it, there's it would have been so much dirtier. But anyway, I'm so glad that you like the um, Nick, by the way. Oh, it's so good. Go listen to our uh, Cinemakers episodes where we talk about each season in an over episode, like. Jordan, I don't know if you would like it, but have you tried? Have you watched the Nick or no? I haven't watched it because it's right around the. It's a, it's a little before, or maybe season two is like right around this time. It's about ten years before this yeah, takes place, but it's so good. Because it's set in like nineteen oh one, nineteen oh two. It's so good. Um. Yeah. What was I gonna You're talking say? about charcoal. More, more uh, art criticism, maybe. Right. <laughs> right. Cara deGrasse Tyson. Cara deGrasse Tyson. Um. It's creepy because uh, James Cameron is actually the one who drew that picture. Oh. So that, like, That's when you see weird. The hand sketching. I also yeah, right. That, I think so too. I don't I'm know how I feel about that. She said she modeled it for him, though. She wasn't naked when she modeled it for for James Cameron. Well, you know what? That would explain why her boobs look so perfect. Her boobs are perfect. <laughs> boobs aren't like that. They don't. Oh they don't sit there God, like that. So but perfect. Anyway. No, but yeah, her in boobs the are actually on... in this movie, and they look great. Yeah. Do you mean they're perfect yeah, when she lays true. down or when she in drawing? Well, because she's like laying like half right on her side. They would they're very be, like, true. They would like fall over a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So her her boobs are very carefully arranged. I do think side tangent. I think these might have been the first boobs I saw. Oh wow! <laughs> I think because I would have been nine when this came out. And I remember my mom trying to cover my eyes in the theater, and I was like, "No, no, no! <laughs> I'm gonna look through this." I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure, because this was really wow. pre-internet, before yeah. like if boobs were just everywhere. Like it was, it's now easier to see boobs than Nazi boobs, I think, in a lot of places. That's definitely true. Um, I think these were the first boobs I saw. It was, I mean, a very formative experience. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and and as you're saying, perfect boobs. Right. Yeah, who can live up to that? That's the no uh, unfair expectations. Um, yeah, so James Cameron was the one who drew that. Great artist, but that's creepy. It is creepy. Um, I I loved her art collection. Rose has an in- incredible taste in art. She has some Picasso, some Degas, some Monet, uh, some of like his watercolor series. Not the actual water lilies. I, I've said watercolor, I meant water lilies, because uh, the actual water lilies paintings are gigantic, and you can see them in France, and they're amazing. Um, but she has, like, a small one, and that's the one that you see floating through the water when the ship is starting to flood, and it really made me cry the hardest. Um, w- relating to this movie this time around was interesting because when I was younger I always related to Rose as the character and like being a constant disappointment to my parents and like oh, no. that goes into being a teenage girl um and this time around I related a lot more to Jack huh. because he's like this artist who's like run away from home and like this free traveling the world and now finds himself in this weird situation where he's having to have dinner with these weird rich people which is a thing that happens to you sometimes as an artist because they like to keep artists around for like entertainment um so i've been in that situation a few times it's very bizarre you're talking about who you relate to 
So I was, like, trying to imagine myself when I was, like, 12 and I saw this and then thinking about myself now. And I don't relate to anybody in it. I don't think I did either. Nor did I when I was 12. Maybe, maybe the unsinkable Molly Brown. I mean, she's incredible. She's my favorite character. And she was even better than, like, in real life than she is in this movie. Because later that night, the, the Sam boat guy who told her to like sit down and shut up she like turned the tables on him and like took over the boat and basically said to him what he had said to her that if he didn't shut up she would throw him overboard i just like that she takes jack under her wing like she's just like hey i know you don't fit in here i sort of don't either and i'm going to like like just like the little things like oh just start on the outside and work your way in like with the utensils and stuff it just like she's showing him kindnesses other people aren't and she's also kind of in a way you know in a lot of ways you know calling these people on their shit and it's just it's cool to see Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's a fun contrast to watch her with the rich people because like jack does it too like he you know defending his lifestyle and saying that he'd rather be nowhere else but here and why this is so great but because they look at him as a kid they're like oh like you know cool like that's cute thanks kid but like when she does it like she's essentially one of them in a way even though they might not think it is she's much more one of them than he is yeah well it's not so much about his age it's about his class yeah and like people really did and some still do believe that there are these fundamental differences between the classes that like they're just inherently better people because they come from money um and so it's like the like the this weird hierarchy of like old money at the top and then new money like Molly Brown and then you know several rungs down eventually you get to where Jack is. It's weird, maybe not weird, because oh maybe weird that just eight, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years later, Leonardo DiCaprio would go on to play another kind of new money in The Great Gatsby. Yeah, yeah, he's done that a lot. I feel like. Like, he plays a suddenly rich guy a lot. Yeah, Yeah, because he did in The Wolf of Wall Street, too. Yeah. And I feel like there's another one that I'm not remembering. He... He looks exactly the same now as he did then. Do you think so? Mm, I don't agree. He's got some face bloat. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, like, he... But he never, like... He never lost his like baby face though i would disagree with that i think now i have to look up pictures you know i what i what i did like about uh kate winslet in this movie is that she is obviously beautiful but she, in some shots it does look like she sort of still has a little bit of like baby fat on her like she's like she's yeah. like a beautiful woman and also sort of like she seems so much older than he is but in reality was like what are their ages you said she's 17 in this movie and 17. he's supposed yeah. to be what approximately also that i guess but she feel, sure. maybe Probably just maybe just, the, maybe just the experience that she seems so much more maybe not even experienced like just dignified like she seems older than him like he seems like a baby but well because there are times in this where he looks like a baby like he, yeah he looks like he's like 14 sometimes he just looks so young wait carol what are you looking up oh if he looks the same now yeah uh I feel he like was, I, he was like. Tw- now I'm just scrolling through pictures. Because you, you sent that Instagram of the four of them. Like I hope you find someone in your life to look at you the way that Kate Winslet looks at Leonardo DiCaprio. And 
she gets prettier as she gets older, and he yeah, he doesn't. Does not. Yeah, that is true. What's also weird about Leo and this show is that for I don't know why because he's only on a couple episodes, but like when I think of Growing Pains, I think of his little character arc on that show, and you guys did Growing Pains, and I don't even mm-hmm. know. Did you mention Leo him? episodes? Right? No. Nope. So it's it's just weird because like, I I saw most if not all of that show growing up and for some reason i just think of that because i was like oh like look because i think i saw those maybe after you know i saw titanic i don't know but i just equate that show with him even though he's obviously not you know by any stretch of the imagination one of the the main family members um but no but when everybody talks about him they're like oh did you know he started on growing pains like everyone talks about that that's true did you know that Quentin Tarantino is apparently making a Charlie Manson movie yes. with Margot Robbie and him. Yeah, with That's apparently going to star uh, Timothy Oliphant in the I, in some role, which I have who a I question. love. Yes. Do you is. still like Leonardo DiCaprio? Me? Uh, or just us in general? You? Both of you. Well, oh, because because he's I didn't know his name, but I like him very much. He's on that show. Well, he's on Justified. He was on the Grinder as himself, and he's on Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, that one. He's also, shout out to Cage Club, he plays, no joke, the smartest cop in any Nicolas Cage movie. He and, (laughs) oh god, who is, it's it's in Gone in 60 Seconds. Um, I gotta look it up. But, like, because Mike and I were noticing as we were watching Nicolas Cage movies, we're like, look, it feels like, I mean, they were, like, Cage worked with a couple producers a couple times or whatever, but, like, it seemed like every time cops were in movies, they were always, like, dum-dums. And then we finally got the one. Is it so that Nick Cage could be, like, smart as the bad guy? I guess so. Maybe. It's gone 60 seconds. It was... Oh, Delroy Lindo and Timothy Oliphant were just, like, the smartest... Because like, they, like... The whole movie, they spend, like, oh, no, we know what you're going to do. We're just going to catch you eventually. And, like, they do. And, like, that's just, like, what it is. Like, they don't, like, have to, like... They're always not, like, three steps behind. But anyway, I love Timothy Oliphant a lot. I... I never really liked Leo, like, really, really liked Leo, so when the th- when it came out that he's just sort of, like, weird, and he's got, like, his harem of women, and he's, like, very pro-environment, but still flies his private jet around the world just by himself, like, there's, there's lots of reasons to hate him, but I never really liked him, so it wasn't like I was let down by him, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I... Once he, like, transitioned into being in a uh, this feels weird because I'm like looking at pictures of him as, and I am now like a fully grown adult, but him as a teenager is still very attractive, and I feel very weird about that. <laughs> um, but once he like transitioned into like being an actual like adult, I, he like lost it for me. I do I think, and I don't know if you either of you like this movie, but I do think that The Wolf of Wall Street is like a masterpiece, and I think he is incredible in it. That's like exactly yeah, where I decided I, mean, I was, was so over him. Okay. Yeah. I didn't like it. I don't remember why. I just remember being like, ugh, I don't care about this at all. Yeah, there were a lot of things that I just didn't enjoy about it. Oh, yeah. No, I think that there's, I definitely think that's, you know, I'm sure everybody can like every movie, but I do think that that's a movie that a lot of women have a lot of reason to be not super thrilled about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I totally get that. I just think that he's incredible in it. And I don't know what it is about that. I mean, that's another three-hour movie just like this that I'm just like, oh, I'm just in from start to finish. Oh, my God. Now I'm Googling pictures of him in 1997, and you know what's so hot? The part in Titanic where he holds a cigarette in between his teeth. Oh, my God. He's, like, flicking it with his <laughs> yeah. tongue. I saw that when I was oh looking God. through. Yeah. That's, yeah. 
<laughs> it's the little things, you guys. Mm-hmm. Isn't it, though? Is there another line from this movie that's more quoted or parodied or joked about than I want you to draw me like one of your French girls? No. <laughs> I'll never let go. That's like another one. Yeah. Or, they're like I'm right flying. Together. And then you jump, I jump, oh, remember. Yeah. Although I don't know if that's really parody. I think that's just referenced a lot. Or yeah. I had friends in college who just loved that line and loved this movie and they just said that a lot. Maybe that's why it's in my brain. <laughs> I was watching this. Um, at my house, and my roommate was here. He had never seen it before, and he didn't watch it with me. How is that possible? Me. He was born in 1995. Wow. Um, and, but he walked in, like, right at the part where Kate Winslet was naked and he was about to draw her. Like, he walked in right on that scene, and I was like, stay for this scene, you'll like this part. And... He's like, oh, it's the one line that I know. Like, like that was the one part of this movie that he knew, even though he never saw it before. So yeah, I what think is... that's the part. So, so I guess here's a different question. So, what if people don't know this movie, or if people just think about this movie, what is the first thing they think about? I guess it's probably the Celine Dion song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is it not? Like, if you. If you ask people in the street, if you ask like 10 people in the street, like, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Titanic? I don't know, Joey, go, go out on the street. I'll go find 10 people. It's only 10 <laughs> o'clock at night. <coughs> oh, look at that cigarette wigging all back and forth. Oh God, I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it would be a toss-up between between like I'm flying and like draw me like one of your French girls my my vote would be uh, I'll never let go because I feel like I hear that all the time I never want to hear that Celine Dion song again still I don't know like, it's like still a banger don't I don't mind I, I don't it. mind when it play, I don't mind when like it parts of it play during the movie like, I, I messaged Kara instantly when I hit play on this, and, like, the music started, and I was like, I'm crying already! Um, but then, like, once the credits came on and, like, the full song started to play, I was like, no, 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 yeah, I'm good. I don't need this. Well, because we don't hear the actual song until the closing credits, right? Like, right. we just hear the flute version and, like, the yeah. sort of the remixes or the whatever sort of in the middle. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I do remember what felt like two years where you couldn't take a car ride anywhere without hearing it on the radio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was everywhere. And she's still around. I mean, she just did that song for Deadpool too, apparently, where she like did a music video with Deadpool. So Celine Dion's still getting work, I guess. Yeah, I think she has like retired for a little while. I... She like did a residency in Las Vegas and then retired, and I guess now she's back. I do feel like, based on this song alone, she was set for life. Like, I don't know how music royalties oh, work, sure. Sure. but that feels yeah. right. For sure. Yeah, unless she had, like, a really bad uh, lawyer, then yeah. Um, I have a question mm-hmm. that is kind of related to Titanic. Um, so Titanic was, like, the biggest grossing yeah. fi- film at the box office until well, after the box day. office juggernaut. No, until Avatar. So Avatar is yep. still yes. ahead of Titanic. Yeah. But like to this day, James Cameron still uh, holds the first and second slot of the top three highest-grossing films of all time. Because He's Avatar actually... and Titanic. Yeah. 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 
But like, was Avatar that good? Like, I don't, I know that I saw it, but I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. I don't know. I never saw it. I saw it the one time in theaters. I bought it on Blu-ray twice, which is not uncommon for me to buy something more than I've seen it. Um, I think it was just like a, you have to see this movie because it's visually spectacular. Like, we I think, all just like decided we needed to see it. I think that's it. Because I think a lot of people in retrospect shit all over that movie. And they're like, oh, yeah. that's it's what I'm just curious Fern about. Gully. It's no yeah. good. I think which Ferngully is amazing. I think that there is a hot take, and I don't, I don't agree with this. I, I don't. I have only seen it the one time. Like I think when people say like they know like Avatar is actually good, like it's like this controversial statement. Like I think like collectively we're like, yeah, we spent three billion dollars or whatever on it, but like it's no good, and that's weird to me. Yeah. Hmm. I can only remember yeah, really um... one part of it. I saw it. It was three D, right? Yes. I saw it in 3D, and there's, like, one part at the beginning where there's, like, a drop of water that I was, like, so impressed by. And that's, like, <laughs> literally all I remember about Well, there's going to be Avatars 2, 3, and 4 coming out over the next, like, seven years or something, so you can Why? go do that. But, Are you sure you don't mean, like, <laughs> next 40 years? Well, maybe that. It's crazy. But, um, so right now, the fifth highest grossing film of all time is Avengers Infinity War, which, by the time this episode comes out, just in four days, will probably be number four. Like, it's 70 million behind Jurassic World. Then there's a big jump up to Star Wars Force Awakens, which is just behind Titanic, which is way behind Avatar. Like, if if something's going to topple Avatar, that's going to be impressive. I'm going to put you good. I'm going to put a... uh... None of these are good movies. I feel so upset by this list, except for the part where Furious 7 is on it. So we have, from the top, Avatar, Titanic, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Jurassic World, Infinity War, Avengers, the number seven, Furious 7, coming to the Cage Club Podcast Network, cageclub.me, on June 1st. Oh, I and watched it yesterday. every eight months after that, forever. Uh, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Harry Potter, the last one, Black Panther, Star Wars, Last Jedi, Frozen, Beauty and the Beast, Fate of the Furious, Iron Man 3. But then the interesting thing is, if you adjust for inflation... Then Gone with the Wind is now number one with 3.4 billion. And this is a better list because it includes number five, both of your favorite movie of all time. Clueless? No. (laughs) The Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And number nine, Boat Facts, Jaws. Yeah. This is a much better list. I feel much less upset by this list. Yeah, that seems appropriate. So in between when James Cameron made Titanic and when he made Avatar, he like went on this weird uh, tangent into making a lot more like underwater documentaries. Yep. Um, we have more boat one facts? Of which, yeah, oh, oh, you betcha. Okay. One of which was, what did I, what was this thing called? Oh, Ghosts of the Abyss, Ooh. which is one of the documentaries that I watched yesterday, starring James Cameron and directed by James Cameron, but also starring Bill Paxton. He and Bill Paxton, um, or I guess James Cameron probably paid for most of this. He like uh, commissioned this like giant Russian research vessel with two uh, like underwater zoom zoom things whatever those are called submarines yeah um are they boats right in let us know <laughs> uh and they like went back to the titanic and 
shot like a whole bunch more underwater footage that like they weren't able to get the first time around because now they had these little remote operated vehicles called Bot 1 and Bot 2 later named after the guys from Blues Brothers whose names I can't remember um but there there are these like little bots that they sent in that were able to navigate within the inside of the ship and get like a lot more um footage of what's inside and uh including like like they weren't sure about the interior like how the interior staterooms were decorated and then they managed to like get inside and see one and it looked exactly like the movie which was really cool you said it was really cool i think cool but you say creepy. Well, it was like, it's, it's a combination of okay. both. This was a Walt Disney production. So, like, it's very manipulative as far as, like, your emotions sure, are sure. concerned. Um, including, like, one of the bots has, like, this system failure and suddenly runs out of battery. And then there's, like, this harrowing rescue mission with the other bot who goes and gets it and comes out. And you're like, oh, my God, are they going to get it? And then they finally do, and they surface, and they look at the camera, and they, like, give a timestamp of, like, it's 6 p.m. on September 11th, 2001. We just recovered bot two. And then they get back on the boat, and they find out the 9-11 happened. Oh, my God. It was chilling. It's wow. also like a really weird movie because like it's like told through like the story of this adventure is told through Bill Paxton's narration, which is like really over dramatic and weird. It's really it's an adventure. I highly recommend it. Ghosts of the Abyss. Also a 3D movie. That's how I got on this. <laughs> so um James Cameron between this and of course Avatar and I think he might have made like one or two other 3D documentaries he is the largest uh, grossing director of 3D movies of all time he also developed uh, a a proprietary camera system that's used to shoot a lot of 3D movies including uh, the fourth Resident Evil movie which we were just talking about the other day we sure were um, Although that won't come so, out for months and months and months. Yeah, that'll be out in 2020. Um, when Avatar 2 is in theaters. Yeah, maybe. there you go. So he like has billions of dollars. And I guess when you have billions of dollars, you can like afford to have a really expensive hobby like underwater <laughs> photography. Do either of you watch... I'm so jealous. Do either of you watch Silicon Valley? I, I watched it to like have. the fourth season. I didn't watch this season. Okay, so yeah, this year, so you know Gavin Belson, who's basically the the equivalent of like the CEO of Google, like he's yeah. of yeah. Huli. Yeah. So at one point this year, he gets disenchanted by what he's doing. He's like, I'm just going to sell frozen ice cream or something, or frozen yogurt or whatever. <laughs> and he basically reaches a point where he's like, well, you know, Amazon has the world. And he's like, Elon Musk has outer space and James Cameron has the ocean floor. He's like, where else is there for me to go? <laughs> but I like that this, oh my God, it's so true. this like hobby of James Cameron is also like, it's super cool. And I think people like make it like sort of make fun of it because like, it's also like super enviable. Like I would love to yeah. have billions of dollars and just be able to like oh roam God, the ocean too. floor where literally no one else has ever been before. We know more about outer space than we do yeah. about our ocean. Which is bananas. Bonkers. Yeah. It's really wild. Um, he actually got into underwater photography uh, on his first feature, Piranha Part 2. Oh. Uh, 
Piranha Part 2, The Spawning. Um, Great subtitle. And which he was actually fired from because after his first shooting, the first scene, he failed to get a close up of the lead actress. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. Try, which is like kind of an important part of filmmaking, I guess. Um, and then he like went back and tried to like recreate the lighting conditions and stuff and like wasn't able to. So they fired him, but kept him on because um, his background is originally in um, production design and special effects. So he like fell in love with like shooting underwater on Piranha and it like totally changed the course of his career and i think it was in 2012 he like um piloted one of those like little submarines down to the bottom of the mariana trench mariana trench or the other one what's the big one don't know sounds good Mm. to like the super bottom of the ocean and he's like only the third person to ever be down there and the first person to do it alone because the other two people were in a boat together so that is really cool but like i feel like it's like like it is weird to think about like it's like what you said before about how like some guy makes a billion dollars and like this is what he does with it like there's so many places flint still doesn't have clean water (laughs) that would Um, be you know probably better which like happens all the time like yeah there's rich people all over the place doing whatever they want with their money but like some there's like it feels like an extra disconnect for mm-hmm. some reason for i don't know it's like well, like, to, like especially with the, with the national geographic special that i watched where he is revisiting this thing that he's already revisited so many times yeah um it just is like why are you so obsessed with this james cameron and like cool i guess you're allowed to be obsessed with whatever you want like cool it's your money yeah. i guess but like why um that ghosts of the abyss movie has the odd distinction of being James James Cameron's only theatrically released film since his first, Piranha Part 2, to not have a title that starts with the letters A or T. Whoa, look at that. Mm -hmm. And in 2003, uh, when that Ghost of the Abyss movie came out, uh, many IMAX venues offered double bills to attract customers with added value. Ghost of the Abyss, Joe, you're going to love this, was largely paired with the IMAX version of The Matrix Revolutions. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. I want to see Piranha Part 2. <laughs> it's great. I like it. I like those Wait, do you, in your boat though. facts, was there ever a Piranha movie between Piranha Part 2 and then Piranha 3D? Yes. There I were, think so. okay. Uh, let's and then, of see. course, how can we all forget Piranha 3 Double D? I didn't that see is one 3 that I Double not D. Seen. It's not good. I think I think the oh. new Piranha... I, I don't, I've only seen each once, because I only see most movies once. Titanic is in the very small minority of movies I've seen more than one time. I remember really enjoying 3D, and I remember not oh, liking so 3 Double D very much at all. Yeah, Piranha 3D is, like, really good. Really, really good. I saw it in theaters. Um... So there's Piranha 1978, Piranha Part 2 The Spawning 1981, uh, Piranha 1995, Piranha 3D 2010, Piranha 3 Double D 2012. Wow, okay. Was the Piranha 95, was that a reboot? I don't know. Because it feels weird to just put out a movie with the same title way later, but who knows? Who can say? 
Can you think of any, like, this, like, like, uh, James Cameron making Piranha 2, like, feels to me like Peter Jackson making Dead Alive? Like, like, what else, what other directors can you think of who, like, started in horror? Had such a huge jump in their career, you know? Well, Sam Raimi. Yeah, Sam Raimi, that's a good one. Started with Evil Dead and then became Spider-Man and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but like, I, like that I don't, jump. I don't know if it's really such a huge jump because he did Piranha Part Two, and then he did like the second Rambo movie, right? And then he did Aliens, and then Terminator and Titanic. Like, I, you I can feel see like there the... actually is a through line there. No, yeah. I, even if you look at Peter Jackson's movie, there's a through line there too. But like, I just, I so like, I just, I just googled directors who began in horror. And here's 12 directors who started making out, or making, who started out making horror movies. Sam Raimi, Joel Cohen, Oliver Stone, Peter Jackson, James Cameron, Catherine Bigelow, Steven Spielberg, Zack Snyder. Who he used to be married to. Oh my God. I forgot about this. He's been married like seven times (laughs) to to a, a whole host of women, including Catherine Bigelow and somebody else whose name I can't remember. It's like somebody like recognizable so hang on Catherine bigelow with multiple films on the cage club podcast network including the a wonderful point break as well as the other wonderful zero dark 30 oh he was married to linda hamilton who played sarah connor oh look at that movies yeah all of his wives have their own wikipedia articles so they're all important ladies Catherine bigelow started with near dark Steven Spielberg did a low-budget sci-fi film called Firelight. Then he made Duel. Zack Snyder did the Dawn of the Dead remake. James Gunn did Slither. J.J. Abrams did Night Beast. Oh, a trauma movie, Jordan. What? Wait, J.J. Abrams made a trauma movie? In the, 19, in the early 1980s, the magazine's founder offered him a job making... Oh, he did music, sorry. Just music for the 1982 trauma film Night Beast. Oh. That's still cool, though. That is cool. Night Beast. Cara, I don't know if you know this, and I mean your listeners certainly don't. YouTube. But it's because of trauma, and specifically Tromeo and Juliet, that maybe, <laughs> possibly, this is happening today. Like, the reason I became involved with RCTV is because... You guys were showing Tromeo and Juliet on TV. Well, I was like, we weren't. Jerry was. Well, Jerry was. But still, I was like, <laughs> I was like, what is this? And Alan Moyman was like, shout out Alan Moyman. He was like, oh, that's the TV station. The campus TV Move station. Move on the prowl. Move on the prowl. Oh, I forgot about the show, Move on the show, prowl. Right? Oh, my God. And Move on the prowl. Inside references. Go to YouTube and search Move on the prowl for, I don't I don't know how it holds up in uh, today's Me Too era, but it's. uh it's uh it was it was groundbreaking in its time um we i just was like whoever is showing this movie i want to be friends with (laughs) and then i became friends with everybody and now most of those people in that club in that room are somehow related to this very podcast now oh it's nice to think that that's the weird way that we got here but it really is isn't it it absolutely is huh you know, I feel like, uh, so Trauma was, like, founded by Lloyd Kaufman, yep. and his, like, whole family are film people. His wife is, like, the, what is his wife? Um, the, like, New York State Film Commission huh. head, New York State Governor's Office for Motion Picture and Television, yeah, Executive Director of the New York State um, 
Film Development Corporation, and his one of his kids founded Kit Split. Is that what it's called? It's like a it's like Uber, but for camera rentals huh. or something. Um, and he's written. He wrote "Make Your Own Damn Movie." Yeah. Yes. Um, so I feel like he would be really proud of that. Because his whole thing is that, like, don't stand around and wait for somebody to, like, buy your script or, like, do whatever. Make your own damn movie. So we're making our own damn podcast. Very much so. Kyra, do you have any more boat facts? Or can we play? Oh, my God. I'm so so eager to play. I don't want to rush you through this, but I want to play Boat Mash so bad. Yeah. Okay. That. Okay. Just let me get these boat facts out of the way. And then Boat Mash. And then Boat Mash. Um, Okay. So. Uh. The as my dickhead brother always liked to remind me, uh, the Titanic actually sank on my birthday. Ooh. It hit the it, iceberg the day before. It hit the iceberg on my down. birthday. <laughs> yeah, and it sank you on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, so good. Um, there were an estimated two thousand two hundred and twenty-four passengers and crew aboard, and more than fifteen hundred of them died, making it one of the del- the deadliest commercial peacetime maritime disasters in modern history. Uh, the boat carried sixteen lifeboat davits, which could lower three lifeboats lifeboats each for a total of forty-eight boats. However, as uh, touched upon in the film, Titanic carried only a total of 20 lifeboats, four of which were collapsible and proved hard to launch during the sinking. But in that, like, revisiting after t- James Cameron revisits Titanic yeah. 20 years later documentary, they actually timed this out and tried to figure out, like, if, like, could, if the boat had had all the lifeboats that it was supposed to, would people be out? Like, would they have been able to evacuate the passengers? And after timing it out, they realized that they actually didn't have time to even launch those oh, last couple that boats. That sucks. Yeah. Wait, so, so what's the fact that they say at the just end like, of the movie that there's only like four boats that they rescued or something? Or no? Um. It's like a I it's a know. devastatingly low they number. They say they say something about oh, it's how the people like, that they pull out of the water. Yeah, like like a few boats yeah. went back and they pulled like six people out of the water. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That were but still it was alive. too late. Yeah, yeah. So and and largely in part to the unsinkable Molly Brown. She was the one who like turned around that boat and made him go back. Um, oh, and there's like one of the ship's officers like gathers all the surviving boats together in the movie. And the guy that plays that officer also played Horatio Hornblower in the Horatio Hornblower series on A&E. So he seems to be a boat movie guy. <laughs> I should get him on my boat podcast. Um, Titanic is the second largest ocean liner wreck in the world, only beaten by her sister, the HMHS Britannic, the largest which has ever sunk. The final survivor of the sinking, Mil- Milavina Dean, aged Two months at the time died in 2009 at the age of 97. She's the one who was mad about that uh, uh, Futurama episode. Oh. Um, I feel like when you lived to be 97 and you survived a boat crash, like you're probably ma- angry about a lot of things. <laughs> or you would be like, nothing matters. I'm 97 and I survived. I was this, like, like also just crash. being such an ass in my head. I was like, she was two months old. It's not like she remembers it. Why does she get to be <laughs> mad about it? <laughs> That's so mean. She can be mad about yeah. it. Because their family was um, 
immigrating to the United States from England, but the father of the family died on the boat. Yeah, that's um, and horrible. So the mother took her and the other children back to England and raised them there. Um, I don't know. Some of these are boring boat facts, so I'm just trying to figure out. What does HMHS uh, three... stand for? Her Majesty's something ship? Her, yeah, I think so. Let's see. His or Her Majesty's hospital ship. Hospital ship. Hospital ship. ship. Ooh, okay. So, um, during World War One, I, I believe. Uh, this period of time and boats is actually very interesting because it's this like this period of boats. This period of boats. <laughs> um, th- there was a short period of time where they were making these grand, ridiculous boats, uh, and then World War One happened, and there was only, I believe, one naval battle in World War One. Um, with these new grand ridiculous boats that they had been building up, like the militaries or the navies of the world had been building up these grand ships to be ready for like the next big military thing. Um, And they had this one naval battle and then they realized that the boats were so big and had so much firepower, it just created these like clouds of smoke and then you couldn't see where the other boats were. (laughs) Um, and so it was like really hard to like maneuver because warships had been previously much smaller and like easier to maneuver and stuff like that. Uh, there's a really great episode, uh, maybe episodes of hardcore history about that. Um, and then after that air travel became a thing. And so like these big grand boats weren't being built anymore. Um, they were so uh, the Titanic and its sibling Olympic class ocean liners uh, were by far the largest vessels of the British shipping company White Star Line, uh, which comprised 29 steamers in 1912. Mm. The three ships had their genesis in a discussion in mid-1907 between the White Star Line's chairman, J. Bruce Ismay, who we see in the film. He's the guy with the mustache who's like, let's get there early. Uh, And the American financier, J.P. Morgan, of J.P. Morgan fame, uh, who controlled the White Star Line's parent company, the International Mercantile Marine Company. Oh, the Titanic's electrical plant was capable of producing more power than an average city uh, city power station at the time. Uh, immediately aft, which what did we say? That's behind. Uh, yeah. So towards the back. behind, towards the back, the turbine engine were four four hundred kilowatt steam driven electric generators used to provide electrical power to the ship, plus two thirty kilowatt auxiliary generators for emergency use. Their location in the stern of the ship, which is the back, meant that they remained operational until the last few minutes before the ship sank. But because um, they were putting out less and less power as the ship went down, the lights on the boat, and we don't see this happen in the movies, they figured this out after they made it, uh, the lights on the boat started to take on this weird dimming reddish hue, which I think would have made it all so much creepier. Very creepy. and it's interesting that the power stayed on for that long because as I was watching it at two hours and 40 minutes into the movie, it's the first time we see somebody get electrocuted. And I'm like, 
come on, that <laughs> definitely should have happened a lot sooner, right? Because they're like wading through the water and there's like open electrical yeah, lines. That's true. It just seemed like somebody should have died that way sooner. Um, I think that is the last of my boat facts. Let's see. Well, you did a great job on this first episode of Boatcast. Thank you. Uh, unrelated to the boat, I just wanted to point this out before we move on to boat match. Are these alternative boat um, facts? <laughs> the, when she's saying, I'll never let go, Jack, it occurred to me that we grew up with I'll never let go, but little girls today get to grow up with let it go. Oh. Nice. Wow. That's so much more freeing. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Um, and speaking of never letting go, the pictures at the old lady's bedside at the end of the movie, um, you, there are pictures of her like over the course of her life, and the one that is closest to her in her bed is her on a horse on a beach in Santa Monica. And I don't know if you remember this, but Jack was talking about taking her to go horse riding on the beach in Santa Monica. Yeah, she's riding it like a man with one leg on each side. She fucking did it, yes. I I cried really hard at that. Does she die at the end? Well, they leave that up to the interpretation of the audience. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to. I like to think that she did not die at the end. Well, when she's like reliving her journey through the ship or whatever? (laughs) Well, Well, because you see her laying in bed, and it like kind of implies that like... Because she had said that she wanted to die surrounded by all the people that she loved, and she had all the pictures around her. And also, I mean, like, her walking up the stairs. Like, we don't even see really who's walking, but I I feel like that's sort of like... Her ascension into heaven, maybe. Oh, her soul. Sort of like a uh, and final they're all there to meet her. Thing. Yeah. And the time um, on the clock is the time that the Titanic sank. Oh, why did oh, so she definitely up died. on that? Sorry, guys, she definitely died. Wow. I just don't. That's like too. That's like too much for me to be like. Oh, and yeah. then she died. Yeah. Let's, um, let's I love the noise up. that she made when she throws the diamond into the water. It's so cute. Like, <laughs> I didn't remember that. Like, I remembered her throwing it into the water, but I did not remember her being like, whoop! Yeah. Wait, b- okay, really before hard. we play Boat Mash, can we go back? Yes. Because I want to talk about the scene where where Rose's mom is putting the corset on her and explaining to her that she mm-hmm. has to get married because they're poor. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, first of all, she's like choking her with this corset, which is like already devastating. Um, but then, and then she says, but then she says, hold on, I wrote it down. I don't want to mess it up. Of course it's unfair. We're women. Our choices are never easy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I lost it. But like, I yeah. never, cause I never heard it like that before. Yeah. yeah. Same. Joey, did that mean anything to you? I mean, it's just more proof that life is unfair and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I can't say anything else other than I'm sorry. No, I was like, I was really asking. I was just curious because, like, as a woman, like, that's a devastating line. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I've been thinking, like, because I listened to You Must Remember This, and uh-huh. it's just, like, s- the same story over and over again about a woman just, like, getting eaten alive, like, during that same time period by just, like, all of the things that society expected of her and just, like, like yeah. the women basically not being allowed to be humans, um, 
so like listening to that podcast makes me think about that a lot and then to like see it in this movie I'm like oh yeah oh god oh yeah that's a thing ugh ugh I really liked her Halloween series about like Bela Lugosi and uh, Boris Karloff but especially the part where she talked about Bride of Frankenstein because she talked about it in a way that I had never thought of it before about like um like bodily autonomy and like waking up and like the horror in her eyes like and and it just made me look at that scene in a way that i had never before and i appreciated it to go back i i listened to that series but not like as intensely as i listened to some of the other ones i don't remember that yeah all right boat mash uh almost i'm just are you gonna boat mash me or are you boat mashing jordan I'm gonna boat mash you. I love boat it. mashing. Uh, I do want to bring up again. Last episode, you did the first episode of Ma- or the first instance of mash, and I was so proud of you guys because you did such a good job. And I've been waiting so like I I knew you had it in you to be able to do this, and you pulled it off expertly. And not only that, but you also set up a world in which Jordan lived in the 1960s in the Fast and Furious <laughs> universe, and now that's all I want. Oh my god, yeah. it was like my dream come true. Pray, let's do it, you guys. Let's make a movie. <laughs> um. Okay, so my page is set up. One last thing about the movie. Go for it. That's not actually about the movie. I finished, I, watching the Nick inspired me to finish this book that I had been reading about Bellevue Hospital, which has been around for 300 years. Um, and there's a chapter about the AIDS crisis and it oh my god this is gonna you guys I don't have enough time to talk about all the things that I want to talk about because I want to talk about the band in the movie but anyway above one of the nurses stations they had a sign at Bellevue they had a sign that said the only difference between this place and the Titanic they had a band oh uh yeah and uh one of the like uh most iconic texts about that time period, uh, which was later made into an HBO movie starring Matthew Modine, is a, a book called And the, Bla- the Band Played On, which is a reference to the band continuing to play yep. as the Titanic sank. Although they mean it in a different way of like playing on in indifference versus playing on in uh, an attempt to keep everyone calm, which was why they were actually playing. Right. But anyway, as much as I would like to talk about that, it's Boat Mash time. Boat Mash! Boat Mash. So this uh, special edition Mash game is actually inspired by your um, pitch a sequel game that you were playing on On Watch uh, the Throne. Throne. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be a lot more structured. Okay. So you don't have to really stress yourself out in trying to pitch a sequel. So. You are a survivor of the Titanic, okay. and a movie is being made about your life after the, the disaster. I'm going to ask you for what genre this movie is going to be in, for who is it written and directed by, who is it starring, who is it co-starring, a time period for it to take place in. So this could take place at the end of your life, at just when you get to America. It could be either. Oh, wow. um, where are you coming from? Where did you settle? What job do you have? And then uh, what foods do you eat? Because I'm always hungry. Okay, we're going to have to go through those. So, okay, so I am, so in this world, I am on Mm -hmm. the actual Titanic. 
So I was yes, born like 1900-ish or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, you could be so whatever pick age up... you want to be when you when you were on the Titanic. But the movie's being made right. today. Uh, yeah. Okay. But it's not necessarily starring you. It's just like about it's just about your my life. life. Okay. So let's go one yeah. one category at a time. So what's the first thing um, you want me to do? I could pick up. I would say like any time from being saved by the Carpathia onward. Okay. Uh, but we're going to start with genres. So give me three genres that this movie could possibly be in. Um, I'm going to say number one is going to be survival horror. Okay. <laughs> number two, I'm going to say rom-com. Okay. And number three, I'm going to say, what would you call this? Just drama? Like, what is yeah. Titanic? Basically, yeah, it's like drama. The, the third genre is just Titanic genre. Okay. Drama with a little bit of punchy humor. But which movie within the Titanic movie? Um, well, the, <laughs> there's three genres I'm there. I'm going to say the, the middle love story. Like, the, the things that you were saying earlier okay. about, like... So, romance. Yeah. Well, yeah. Romantic drama. Yes. Romance, romance drama as opposed to rom-com. Rom-drom as opposed to rom-com. <laughs> okay. Uh, written and directed by. You don't necessarily need to give me both for each one. Just like whatever. I'm going to say Catherine Bigelow. So we have the okay. other half of that former union's perspective on this. I'm going to say... Who else knows boats? <laughs> Who directed Waterworld? I don't know. Um, hmm. Can we come back? Let's come back to this one. Can we come back to this one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Waterworld was directed by a man named Kevin Reynolds. Okay. Uh, who would play you? They don't necessarily need to look like you or be like you in any way. Just like, just anyone. We got Zac Efron. Of course. We've got Channing Tatum. We got Ryan Gosling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which really pigeonholes me into like when this movie takes place no it doesn't there's no real rules okay yeah no i mean they this movie could take place in the 40s and still be starring channing tatum it doesn't matter okay everything okay well i was just saying like if it if the era that it takes place is like today they would be like 30 playing a hundred no okay but the, that doesn't make any sense. Okay. Oh, if it's Channing Tatum in the 40s, can we make sure that there's a dance scene in of the movie, Of course there please? is. Great. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, Especially if it's a horror who... movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god, I want to see that. Is that a thing that exists somewhere? Like a dance slash horror movie? It should. Well, so there yeah. is, it's not a horror movie, but there's this movie, Mr. Right. Have either of you seen Mr. Right? Which was written, maybe directed by Max Landis, who we know is now a garbage person. But he wrote this movie because he wanted to see a movie in which Sam Rockwell danced his way through a gunfight. And he does in this movie, and it is great. It's basically a rom-com, sort of, about a hitman, and it's Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick. And it is as delightful as that sounds. If you can separate the art from the artist. Thank you. I'm just going to watch that part later. There are uh, so there are like musicals. I think I don't know if there's dance horror, but like there's there's musicals that are closer to that. I don't know, but okay. So we got yeah. Uh, what's the next thing? Who would be your co-star? Is this like a female co-star? Like a love? In- well, I guess it depends on the, on the genre. 
It could be a love interest. It could be a buddy comedy situation. It could be a sibling, a best friend, whatever. I'm going to say... Okay, I'm going to do my three uh, sort of current uh, movie crushes. Because I'm, th- I'm going to set this up for hopefully all good things. And maybe, maybe, we'll say. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Okay. Riley Keough. Do you guys know who Riley Keough is? No. I was just I feeling old and out of touch because I don't know who Well, that she's is. Elvis's granddaughter. But she is more well-known, I guess. She's one of the brides in Mad Max. Oh, okay. She is uh, the star of the first season of The Girlfriend Experience. She is the sister in Logan Lucky. She's in this really wonderful movie from last year called Love Song with her and Jenna Malone. I love her. She's wonderful. Oh, she's the red-headed bride. Yep. And she's also Elvis's granddaughter, which is just a cool thing. And then my third one, I'm going to do uh, Zoe Dutch. Do you know who Zoe Dutch is or no? I don't know who that nope. is. Zoe Dutch was in Dirty Grandpa, I think. She was also in Everybody Wants Some. She was also in... She's in a bunch of movies. She's not as famous, but I just love her. She's like this indie darling. What might you know her from? She was in this movie Before I Fall, which is sort of a Groundhog Day kind of thing. She's in the Disaster Artist. I don't know who she is in the Disaster Artist. Is it is her last name spelled Deutsch? Deutsch. It also might be Zoe Deutsch. I don't know how you actually pronounce it. Oh, okay. She was in that movie Why Him, that James Franco Brian Cranston movie, which was not good. She was the star of Vampire Academy, which was also not good. I still feel like you're mostly just talking gibberish to me. It's fine. I'm trying to... She was on uh, one episode of Criminal Minds, Suspect Behavior. Oh my god, she was in The Sweet Life on Deck. I love it. Another boat show. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, entirely unironically love The Sweet Life and The Sweet Life on Deck. They're really good. Um, okay, give me time periods. I'm going to say 1940s. Okay. I'm going to say 1970s. And I'm going to say 2200. Okay. Uh, Where were you coming from on the Titanic? Like where in my life or where geographically? (laughs) Um, You know what? I'll let you answer that however you want. Um, I was coming from a run of sold out performances of some kind (laughs) in London. Okay. I'm a successful artist, international artist. I'm coming from just having signed... Were divorce papers a thing in 1914? 1912? I was just signing my divorce papers. (laughs) And... I was also... Ooh, I was coming from the future. (laughs) Okay. I don't know how that's going to work, but we're going to find out if that's the thing, and then we're going to make it work. Just like Tim Gunn. <laughs> um, and then once uh, you got back on dry land, where did you settle? The moon. Okay. Mm, dream big. Um, we'll say New York City. Just easy, because I'm there. Mm-hmm. Or... 
just going to turn around and go right back to London. Do you think anybody who survived that. that boat crash ever went on a boat again? Well, Molly Brown probably did. Probably a couple of them did, but probably not most of them. But not by choice, probably. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, they're, like if you needed to get from one continent to another, you would generally need to take a boat yeah. at that point. Like, at least up until, I guess, the 50s was when commercial air travel, like, really kicked into gear, so... Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm, re- remove London. I'm going to stay under the sea. Okay. Whether with Ariel or whether with SpongeBob under or whether with sea. Atlantis, the Atlanteans, somewhere underwater. Yeah, keep your options open. Yeah. Um, and then what is the job that you had? That I, I'm going to have or that I did have already? Totally up to you. Stage performer. Okay. Which is something that I have no interest in in real life, but in this world, sure, why not? Uh, magician. Okay, which is also a stage performer. Astronaut, which back in then, back in those days, they'd be like, "What are you?" Be like, "Don't worry about it. You'll know eventually." <laughs> and then. Um... Give me three foods that you can eat with no consequences. I love that. Like I this is this, this is the only I think carryover question. Yeah, yeah. And it also has nothing to do with anything, but and it's job. also wonderful. Oh yeah, also on job. Carryover questions. Three foods I can eat with no consequences. I'm gonna say. We'll say we'll say ice cream. No, no, no. Cookies. Better answer. Cookies. <laughs> Number two, we'll say... Are you a soft cookie, a crisp cookie? What kind of cookie person are you? All cookies. I, okay. We have, was, I feel like I just heard a conversation about cookies, and I don't know if it was on one of our podcasts or another podcast. <laughs> I listen to so many, especially ones that we put out. Go to caseclub.me for more information. That they all blur together in my brain, and uh-huh. I don't remember where I hear these conversations. Um, I do like a I do like a chewy cookie. I think I prefer mostly you know the hard. Like a, I got a, I like I like a soft cookie when they're when they're home fresh baked. Yeah. Sometimes when you buy the chewy ones in the store, they're good, but sometimes they're not. They're sort of weird. But mostly, yeah. bottom line, love all cookies. Option number. There are these like packs of like a dollar cookies that you can get. In Walgreens, like on the checkout Oh, so, line okay, so I don't know if it's Walgreens good. or another drugstore, but there are the cookies. They are the raspberry filled with the lemon cream in the middle in, like, the vanilla cookie. Ooh. Do you know what I'm talking about or no? Sounds good. No. Okay, hold on. I've never seen those. They might be CVS cookies. Mm, I would explain it. I'm a Walgreens person. <laughs> we don't have CVS yes. here. Here we go. Hang on. These cookies, specifically. I want to make sure when the site loads that this is the right one. Yeah, oh my god. So these these were cookies that my grandparents used to have all the time. They are my favorite cookies <laughs> of all time. Raspberry and cream shortbread cookies. It's like a little sort of dollop of like raspberry jelly in the middle of like a, yeah. a shortbread cookie. And in the middle, there's like a real thin layer of like lemon cream. 
and then another shortbread cookie on top. So it's sort of like an imagine an Oreo, but shortbread cookies, and oh then lemon in the middle. But also like a thumbprint cookie. Yes, it's they're yeah. incredible. Those sound good. That's like my nightmare cookie. Why? I don't like it when fruit and bread touch. <laughs> Okay. My, like my like. You're not. A, you don't like pie. I've gotten better at eating pie. I actually will eat pie now, but it took like many years. Wow. Food number two. I'll just say beer. Okay. So cookies, beer, and number three. I'm gonna go with. Jordan's answer from last time, or one of her answers from last time, I remember because it's a great answer. French baguette. Oh, thank oh, God! Yes, I like. I don't know baguettes. how anybody could answer this question and not say just like the best <laughs> bread covered in butter. Yeah. No, agree. I don't even need the butter. Just, just give me the bread. There was this Oprah commercial. Well, it was a Weight Watchers commercial, I think, um, on Hulu for a long time that they just played over and over and over yeah. again, and it's just. Oprah talking about how much she loves bread and I would go through like every stage of grief just watching <laughs> the, the commercial because I'd be like I'm so glad that Oprah loves bread I love bread so much too but like Oprah's still struggling with her weight like if Oprah can't do it no one can but like I'm so glad that she's able to eat yep. bread and it's just like a whole, a real emotional roller coaster. Uh, I'm glad that they're not showing it anymore. It was really a journey. Okay. And then we're going to go back to the question about who is writing okay. and directing David Lynch. Story. Okay. Oh, duh. And I'm going to let you pick for me, Kara, either the Wachowski sisters or Steven Soderbergh. Hmm. Let's go with the Wachowskis. Okay. Bring it back to a little Keanu. Sure. Club. Okay. Now what? Now is now it, you go I draw the Now you draw the thing, and he okay. says stop. So now when I when I used to play Mash, I don't know if Mash was the thing that like most boys played, but I definitely remember oh playing my God, Mash. Joey, tell me when to stop. I'm already stop. going. <laughs> okay. Now you can continue talking. Uh, we didn't do a circle. We just did like tally marks. How did the tally marks work? So you just like you would basically do like one, two, three, four, cross, one, two, three, four, cross, just like you're doing like, you know, you're tallying something up. And then whatever, like if you stop if you did four little tally marks, you would do four. But what we also did is we didn't do like if you got four, it wouldn't be four you circle, it would be four you cross off. It would take longer to do, but you would do like you would cross off in each category until you only had one left. No, that that's how I played too. You would count and cross off every four if it was four. So maybe I misheard oh, last time, okay. but it seemed like you guys just did. No, I just went through and circled yes, things. Just... So I'm supposed to cross yeah, them off. To... Okay, so it takes I'll a little that. bit longer. But Jordan and I will vamp and fill a time okay. while you yeah. do this. Did you also do? I don't remember if you did last time. So I just this is also just making conversation. Did you ever play like where Mash is actually mansion, apartment, shack, house? Yes or no? Yes. And that was also one of the things that you would also include, right? Like what you would live in. Yeah. That's like I think that's like supposed to be part of it every time. Except, but then you, you would also play level. like you know yeah. this is where we live, and you would like you know choose other things about your location. So it was like right. whatever if you live in a shack because it's in Paris. Yep. Okay, here's uh, how we're gonna waste time. Yep. 
We are going to play Fuck, Mary Kill. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, with uh, Ruth DeWitt Bucator. So Rose's mom. That's her mom. Okay. Okay. Um, hmm. Hmm. Thomas Andrews. He was, he designed the boat. Designed the boat. Okay. Oh, that guy can get it. Get it in like the good way or the bad way? (laughs) The good way. I like like him too. He might not be a good one. Um, and, uh, let's see who else. And Brock Lovett. Who's that? Which is Bill Paxton's character. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Interesting. He can also get it. Uh, (laughs) I think, so, okay, so I'm going to, wait, I need to, can you send me a link to, wait, how do you spell, who's the second person? Thomas DeWitt? Titanic. Thomas Andrews. Thomas Andrews. Where did I hear DeWitt from? Ruth Ruth DeWitt. Ruth DeWitt. Thomas Andrews Titanic movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill him. Okay. I'm gonna fuck Bill Paxton. Okay. So I like his passion, but I feel like he'd be annoying long term. Oh definitely. And then I'm gonna marry Ruth DeWitt. Okay. But she has no money. But I'm marrying her for love. And also, look how beautiful our children would be. That's true. That's also giving me a lot of the benefit of the doubt in terms of, like, that I could create something half as beautiful as Kate Winslet. But hey. It's true. We don't know what her dad looked like. Her dad was Leonardo DiCaprio from a previous life. Wouldn't that be something? Okay. Mm, that seems weird. Would. Certainly does. That's a different movie. Jordan, what would you do? Who would you FMK? Same people? Yeah, same people. <sighs> Unless you want me to give you three other people. I want three other people, I think. Okay, we got Unsingable Molly Brown. Okay. We've got Leader of the Band. Okay. And we've got... Mm... Did you know that there were actually eight band members and not four? And actually there were two bands. There was a, a quintet and a, a trio, but then they all played together as the ship sank. Oh, that's cute. They would usually play separately on the boat. Just had to get that out there. Unified. Then I'm going to say... I'm trying not to give make it too obvious, too easy. No, it's hard. I'm going to say also... Fabrizio? I like Fabrizio. <laughs> I like him too. I like Fabrizio His and little Tommy. Italian friend. Oh, okay. Mm, I'm also going to say... Uh, old Lady Rose. Okay, so we have Old Lady Rose. Yeah. Um, the band leader. And, and Molly, Brown. Molly Brown. Yes. <sighs> this is hard. That's a stacked bunch. It's a weird... The, oh, the other person I was considering was the bellhop. It was like, I have to go up. Like, the, the person on the elevator. Like, I can't stay here. But that's also, like, a very, very <laughs> minor role. No, I don't know enough about him. Exactly. About Nobody him. knows enough about him. He's an enigma. I would kill him because he was like a wuss in the elevator and he was like not sure was. Her. Uh okay. Okay. Old Rose. Yeah. Band leader, Molly Brown. I know um, what I would do, but I don't know I think that I would marry the band leader. Oh, wow, okay. He's got, 
He's classy. He's classy. Sure. He played till the ship went down. Yep. I like that. Yep. Um. Oh gosh. And I think fuck Molly Brown. And then I gotta kill Old Rose just would, because like yeah. she's, she dies anyway at the end. Yep. I would kill her too. I would feel bad about that. I would marry I feel Molly really Brown bad though. About it. Because Molly Brown, I feel like you would have, you would have a fun life with Molly Brown. Yeah, but she's a lot. She she is a lot. That's a very <laughs> good way of putting it. <laughs> I don't know if that would be good for me all the time. Kara, do you want your own, or do you are we ready to play boat mash? Uh, we're ready to play boat mash, but can I get my own? Yes. Yeah, so you got you got Billy Zane. Okay. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Billy Zane, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet. Okay. Obviously, kill Billy That's Zane. That's easy. But I want. I'm. I'm mostly curious to see which way you go here. Mm-hmm. I'm curious myself. Because they're both good choices both ways. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Dead. Fuck Leo. Mary Kate. Probably. Jordan. She seems less annoying. Samesies. And we're talking about the ca- I'm talking about the characters. I'm not using their characters' names. Are, are we? Are we talking about the characters? Or talking about the actors? How are you playing this? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the characters. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Now, if we're talking about the actors, still okay. the same. <laughs> yes, still the same. Okay, good, 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 good. I don't know. Okay, Wait, so... I like Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but after this, he went bald, and now he's gross. Mm-hmm. So I don't care that he's bald. Still don't like his eyebrows. <laughs> okay. Anyway, mash. What did I get? Um. Okay. So your uh, sequel to the Titanic would be a romantic drama. Okay, so it's the written, same thing here. Okay. Written and directed by the Wachowskis, starring Ryan Gosling. Okay. And Zoe Deutsch. Okay, that's a that's a weird pairing. Okay, but I like it so far. <laughs> In the year twenty two hundred. Oh, so it's like it's like Blade Runner, but also Bound. Okay. Because on the Titanic, you are actually coming and immigrating to the United States from the future. And Interesting. you settled in an apartment under the sea because in the future, that's all there is because of global warming. Ooh, okay. Like there's nowhere to live except for under the okay. sea. Um, as an astronaut who goes not only into outer space, but under the this sea. This all actually makes perfect sense. To eat infinite baguettes. Oh, yes. So in my head, I'm imagining this, that I came from the future, was on the Titanic, rescued Zoe Deutsch, then went back to the future, under the water, to my undersea Mm -hmm. apartment, filled with astronaut gear and moon rocks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly what happened. And a kitchen filled with baguettes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Love it. I'm down. Awesome great i have to uh because both time last time and this time it just wound up being the third choice of every category well what was my number do that uh it was six but then i made it seven because i thought that might make it different and i still got the same result because last time it was six also hmm well I guess what you could do, I, I don't know how the, the math of all of this works. It's, it's, you know, MASH math is beyond anybody's real capabilities. Um, 
you could, if you want to sort of mix it up, do some categories as three, some as four, some as five. Maybe that would yeah. help. Oh, true. Yeah. But I think, like, because the way I always used to play was it was always four for everything, which also doesn't really help things. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. But it's also fine. But doesn't or, it? Ugh, never mind. I'm not going to actually think about the math. Or of what this. you could do, I'm not thinking about the math either. What, what you could also do is just, you know, whoever, like, if Jordan gives you three more things, instead of writing them down one, two, three, you could just do, like, two, one, three, or whatever. So that it, that, sort of negates you know what i mean i don't know if that actually helped things nope <laughs> no I don't well like so so instead of writing them down in order so instead of it always being like the last one that people say it can be oh. like you can write down like the first thing is the third oh, one because the then second. at least you change the right. order of the and again i don't know if that makes a difference but it might make a difference mash math interesting yeah maybe cool so what other ice movies can I come on for? I don't know. What other ice movies are I mean, are there's there? two Mighty Ducks sequels Storm, that we haven't watched Which yet. I believe also stars Leonardo DiCaprio. What movie, Kara? Is he in that? The Ice Storm, which is oh. not actually about ice. It's about like a neighborhood of swingers in the 70s. Um, and there's an ice storm that happens. There's uh, Batman and Robin with movie. Mr. Freeze. Oh my god, I would love to do that one. It's so terrible. Oh, and the ice storm also has Christina Ricci. It's like it was made for this podcast. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was not in it. <laughs> well, I was so happy that you invited me on because I was gonna I was gonna watch this movie anyway when you were when you said you were doing it, and then you're like, "Do you want to come talk about?" It? I was like, "Absolutely!" So thank you for bringing me back on in this non-Olympics yeah, episode. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I am so glad that we did this. This movie is great. Very good. I think it lines up nicely with the other really good movies that you've done lately, but also fits right into that right uh, that great '90s wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, and uh, another very long movie that is surprisingly good. Yeah. I guess I have to like rethink my policy on. Long I think movies. maybe you should just like have a policy of like only good movies. Or like, if it's a bad movie, yeah. it can't be over ninety minutes. Yeah. Because, like, idea. I'm never watching Hook but again. But what about all those in-between movies, which is what most of them are? <laughs> <sighs> well, thank you both. This was thank a you. delight. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Joey, yeah. if people, like, wanted to find you someplace, where should they look? Well, you can go to cageclub.me slash Joey, and you can see everything there. I also do everything on the site, so you can just see what's going on there. I'm, I think... The host of nine shows, I think. Oh my god. It's so many, you can't even count anymore. They aren't all active, so that's the important thing. Uh, but yeah, just go find, uh, you know, facebook.com slash cageclub and at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. And just go do that thing. Yeah. New Instagram account. Still working out the kinks, still trying to make it better. Jordan, if people wanted to find you, where should they look? Uh, they wouldn't find me that many places, but you can find me on Instagram at JordoPC. Doing flips and, and shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can find me uh, at Bimps, B-I-M-P-S-E, on all of those things that you guys mentioned, as well as at, uh, if you wanted to see all the episodes of cage club podcasts that i've been cageclub.me slash cara with a c c-a-r-a 
Uh, you can also find all the other Cage Club podcasts there, including this one. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at WistfulPod. And uh, I guess we'll we'll talk to you next time on Wistful Thinking. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.